morning, Strong Tower. I have the sudden urge to remind you to fill out your prayer cards because usually when I'm up here, that's what I'm telling y'all to do. So please fill out your prayer cards. <laughs> I am so, so excited to be with y'all. I can honestly say that there is nowhere else I would rather be than in the house of the Lord with y'all this morning. I am expectant. I am excited. And you know, I went home for Thanksgiving break and, and my great aunt was with us. And she has pretty severe dementia. Um, she can't remember my name sometimes. She can't remember whether I graduated from high school or whether I have children. And I'm like, oh, wow, both of those. <laughs> but as she sat there, she said, you know, sometimes you just got to stop and be grateful that God is on your side. And so as I stand here, I am grateful because I know that God is on my side. And with him on my side, I am so excited to preach a word to you all today called What to Expect When You're Expecting. Today we're going to talk about those beautiful things that the Lord has put on the inside of you that may not be ready to be birthed just yet. There are promises that the Lord gives us. There are good things. You are a treasure chest of good things. But what do we do with all of those beautiful things before it's time for them to come out? So we are going to talk about today what to expect when you're expecting. But before we do that, let's just go ahead and pray so I can ask my Jesus for some strength. Amen. Father God, we are so grateful. We are so grateful. Jesus, we love you. You are good and you do good, Lord. And we just rest in that, even in this moment, Father God. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to sit at your feet, Jesus, and glean from you. You are our Father. You are our friend. You are our protector, our defender, Father God. And you invest in us. Help us to make sure that with our lives, those investments do not return void, but they double, they triple, they, they are exponentially increased, Lord Jesus. In your name I pray, amen. All right. So if we're all going to end up at the same destination, we have to start at the same place. And it's hard to expect if you don't believe that there's anything in you worth expecting. But the word of God tells us that as soon as you gave your life to Jesus, as soon as you said yes to him, you have so much to hope for. You have so much to look forward to. God is a good God who puts good gifts and promises on the inside of us. You always have something to expect. Even when you don't see it, there is always, with God, you will never have a hopeless day. You will never have a hopeless day with the Lord. There's always something to look forward to. In James 1.17, the word says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And it comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And then in Jeremiah 29.11, it says, for I know Know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you 
a future and a hope. And then again, the Lord reminds us in Ephesians 2.10, it says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand. When the Lord was forming the world, when the Lord was getting ready for you, he prepared these gifts that you could walk in them. And so we have to expect with the Lord because he's done his part. He's done it and he does it every day. So what we do with those promises, well, that's on us. That's our responsibility. We have to be stewards. So this morning, I would love to just really look closely at three women who had to have hearts of anticipation and expectancy to find out what we do with the gifts and the promises that the Lord gives us before they're ready to be birthed. So let's take a look at Elizabeth. I would invite you to turn in your Bibles to Luke 1. We're going to start at verse 8. And the word says, so it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Now let me stop right there. When a lot is cast, you might think there's an element of chance to it. But with the Lord, even chance is not chance. He ordained that that lot would be cast on Zechariah because God had a word for him. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. And then an angel of the Lord saw him. And Zechariah, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he will be also filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Well, as we know, Zechariah was not buying it. He didn't believe it. And at this point, Christian, I would love to remind you that there is power even in a moment of doubt. Because we see that Zechariah doubted, and the angel said, oh, okay, and he could not speak until his son was born. Your life is made of moments. You have to be so careful what you do in that moment because this conversation was not long, but he doubted for a moment and was mute for nine months. Be careful what you do with your doubts. You never know what can happen. When the Lord speaks, believe him at his word. Take him at his word. You never know when that one moment of doubt is going to cost you something that you were not willing to pay. You may turn around and doubt him one too many times and end up in a place you didn't want to be. But this is not about Zacharias, this is about Elizabeth. Let me keep going. Luke 1.23, so it was as soon as the days of his service were completed that he departed to his own house. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and she hid herself five months saying, thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among the people. I think that's so beautiful. The Lord sees the way people look at you. 
You don't have to defend yourself. The Lord sees the way people talk about you. The Lord sees the way people treat you. Elizabeth recognized God has seen the way the women have been looking at me because I do not have a child. But her time just had not arrived yet. And so what do we do? When we know the Lord loves us, we know he's good but our time just has not arrived yet. Well, Elizabeth expected. If you go back in the text, Elizabeth, Elizabeth said, the Lord has decided to help me. That's in the ERV translation. She was happy and she's expectant and she's excited, but nowhere does it say that she was surprised. And we know she didn't doubt because she could still speak. Her husband was mute, but she made it. She could, okay, so she was not doubting the Lord, right? Zechariah couldn't tell her anything because he was mute. But in verse 13, when the angel comes to him in the temple, he says, your prayer is heard. So years of prayer, we don't know what Zechariah was praying for at that moment, but we know that he had been steadfast and immovable in prayer, and so had Elizabeth. They didn't give up on their gift. They didn't give up on their promise. They remained expectant, even past her age of childbearing years. They remained expectant because they knew that the Lord was greater. And now, later on in the text, she prophesies not only about the importance of her son, but also the importance of Mary's son, Jesus. How could she have known? Here's the thing, how could she possibly have known about the child that was on the inside of her? Zachariah can't speak to tell her, but when Mary arrived, she didn't even have to say anything. Why? Because a life of expectancy begets a life of faith. She didn't have to hear it from Zachariah. She didn't have to hear it from an angel because when you are expectant and you are acting in faith, you can hear it from God. You don't need anybody in the middle of you. So she was able to prophesy about the blessing that was in her and about the blessing that was in her cousin Mary because she expected to be blessed. She wasn't surprised. She expected a blessing. And so when that's what she got, she was in a posture of thanksgiving and not surprise. Sometimes you don't get to worship the Lord. Sometimes you don't get to thank the Lord because you're too busy being surprised that he's been nice to you. Don't be surprised when the Lord blesses you. That's what he does. That's who he is. So Elizabeth was in a perfect posture because she expected and she was able to thank the Lord and bless him because she had been expecting him all along. It wasn't a surprise to her. And she is able to prophesy and bless her God because she knew that he was right by her side the whole time. So when you have a promise or a gift on the inside of you, I invite you to be expectant. If the Lord tells you something, don't be shocked when it happens. <laughs> He told you. We have to expect good things from the Lord because our Lord is good. You know, uh, last Christmas, I was walking through, I'll say the worst depression of my life. And what Satan attacked was my hope. I, I thought I had nothing to hope for. 
I thought I had nothing to expect. That was how he brought me to perhaps the lowest place of my life. Christian, if you are feeling hopeless, that's an attack from the enemy because God is hope. But we have to remember that if you are feeling hopeless, that is an indication that perhaps your hope is in the wrong thing. My hope was in people and circumstances when it should have been in my Jesus. And so I was hopeless. We have to expect good things from the Lord and we have to hope in him because hope is one of my favorite things about the Lord. And I just, I just need you to know that if you are depressed and if you feel that there is no hope, that is a lie from the devil's hell. And you need to send it back to where it came from because God is nothing if not full of good things for you. So expect and hope because the Lord loves you and he has you. As we move forward, we see that once we expect good things from the Lord, the next thing we have to do is ponder those good things. We have to ponder. So as we continue reading in the text, now we are in Luke chapter 2, verses 15 through 19. Elizabeth expected and Mary pondered. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said one to another, let us go now to Bethlehem to see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. By this time, Jesus had been born. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. One of the most beautiful things you can do with your gift or your promise is to just hold it for a moment. Just treasure it. Don't be so quick to post it on social media. Don't be so quick to send it to all of your friends. Like, yes, be proud. But there is a sweet time of intimacy where the only one who knows what's coming, it's you and the Lord. And in those moments, you can protect your gift. Because as soon as you say something, here come the haters. Here come the naysayers. God didn't tell you that. No, you won't. You won't break that generational curse. You won't start that business. You won't get that husband. You won't have that life because your daddy and his daddy and his daddy didn't have that. Mm -mm. You have to ponder your word so you can protect it, so you can cultivate it, so you can foster it. It's in the womb for a reason. We have to ponder because if a prophetic word or a gift that you receive from the Lord is from the Lord, it will show on its own. It doesn't need your help. The Lord does not need your help. In Isaiah 49, 15 and 16, it says, can a woman forget her nursing child? and not have compassion on the son of her womb, surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palm of my hands. God knows. It may not be time yet, but he has not forgotten. We have to remember that. 
You don't have to prove or defend the Lord. And if he wanted others to know, he would have told them. It is not their business until you make it their business or until it's time for that gift to be birthed in the earth. Because what God says is yes and amen. It's already done. So we have to check our motivation. Why are we so quick to say, well, the Lord promised me this. Well, the Lord told me this. Well, this is what's on the inside of me. He knows and you know. Let that audience of one be enough. Ponder your gift. Because pondering prevents pride. I've seen so many people hear that they have something on the way. And it's beautiful and it's wonderful. But the problem is sometimes the Lord doesn't act on your timeline because the fullness of what he has for you can't fit into your timeline. It's too big. The God's gift, God's treasure in you is too big to fit into your timeline. It has to grow. It has to wait. It has to just cultivate in your spirit. And so he operates on his. But the problem is now you've told 50 people. So you, got, you are invited into pride. You hurry up, you try to make that thing work on its own, and you get yourself into a mess because you already told everybody on Facebook and now they're like, well, where's the business? <laughs> you already told everybody on Instagram and now they're like, you still working that same job you had three years ago? I thought you was moving up. I thought he was taking you higher. So now you quit your job and you're jobless. Because it's just not time. We have to wait. You have to ponder. If you are prideful enough to run ahead and ask God to squeeze his blessing into your schedule, you might just miss your blessing. Because he won't do that. He will not forsake his gift just because you got impatient. That's not the way it goes. We've got the game backwards. We have to wait on him. We have to ponder because let me tell you something, every second you get before that gift is brought out, it's a blessing. Waiting is a blessing. Those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will rise up on wings like an eagle and soar. I used to hear that verse and I used to think, man, that's what happens to people who get what they want after they've been waiting for so long. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, they that wait, they will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. So I'm being blessed as I wait. That blessing, that promise, that word isn't for the people who've gotten what they wanted. That's for the waiting people. You don't have to wait on that promise because it's for you while you wait, not after you get what you wanted. The Lord will keep you in perfect peace if your mind stays on him. He will give you the endurance to wait. And sometimes you'll turn around, you'll get what you want, and you'll wish you had waited a little bit longer. Because when that wall comes down after you've walked around it and you've shouted, then now you got to go in and fight. When you get what you want, that's not, oh, I did it, we're good. No, now you have to fight to keep it. Now you have to fight to protect it. Now you have to fight to cultivate it. Getting what you want is a blessing, but it's a battle. When you get what you've been praying for, that's a battle, y'all. You don't just stop once you have it. Because now what are you going to do with it? So appreciate your pondering period. Because... It's exhausting to get what you want. 
It's exhausting to live in favor because you got to do something with that favor. That's your responsibility. So you need to make sure that every day you get to wait, you wait well and you are grateful because there is a battle on the other side of your blessing and you'll miss that period of waiting that you wasted. We have to ponder like Mary did. We have to. It's a beautiful part of the Lord's promise for you. Pondering is beautiful. Jesus, in his adult life, multiple times, disappeared because it wasn't time for him to be revealed. His hour had not come yet. Jesus knew the timing. And I think it's so beautiful that as a baby, even though he couldn't say, hey, mama, wait, don't tell him who I am yet, Mary pondered. She didn't go back to her village and say, I have the son of man He's your savior. She pondered because she said, you know what? Y'all are not going to play with my baby. (laughs) So let me just keep this to myself. I invite you to be protective over your gift. I invite you to be possessive over your promise. Because as soon as somebody knows you have a promise, they might just try and steal it from you. Appreciate that pondering. It's a blessing. It is such a blessing. So once we've expected this beautiful gift from the Lord and we ponder it in our hearts and we're fostering and we're growing and we're not wasting any days, we have to make sure that in those days of pondering and waiting and expecting, we remain consistent like Anna. So in Luke chapter two, verse 36, the word says, now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, She gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Now, this is such a beautiful story, but at first I didn't get it. Anna and I had breakfast pretty much every Saturday for a month before I got up here. I had to read these same two verses over and over, and I'm like, Lord, what, what is here? I know there's something deep and meaningful here, but it might just be I don't have enough lived experience yes, yet to truly comprehend it. But praise God for the Holy Spirit because I don't have to know. He knows. Because at first glance, I thought Anna wasn't expecting anything. She didn't know. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that the Lord promised Anna that she would see the Savior. That wasn't a promise. So I was like, oh, well, Anna wasn't expecting anything. What do we do with this? Where do I go from here? But then I realized that the heart and the posture and the attitude of someone who can do the same thing every day for 84 years without wavering is nothing if it's not expectant. Anna was so expectant. You don't do the same thing every day for decades without expecting anything in return. She worked in the temple anticipating encounters with God. So imagine every day she's going in and she's expectant, she's consistent. She anticipates for the Lord to meet with her. 
So when he actually did in the form of a baby, it was like she was with an old friend. Because every day for 84 years, she got up and she said, Lord, I can't wait to see you today. So seeing the baby Jesus come into the temple, that wasn't Anna's first time seeing the Lord. In the flesh, yes, but every day for 84 years, she expected an encounter with God, and that was what she got. So when the baby came, she got an encounter with God. It was just another beautiful day in the presence of the Lord for her because of her consistency, because of her faith, because of her decision to put the Lord before anything else. So what do we do when we get more than we expect? The answer is so obvious that we might miss it. You will naturally do whatever you've been doing. If you think that you're gonna wake up and be ready to walk in your anointing after you've been ignoring the Lord for the last 27 years of your life, it doesn't work that way. When your moment comes, You'll do what you did yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. You'll do what's been ingrained into you. You'll do what you've prioritized. You don't just spring into action. Faith is not muscle memory. You have to work it every day or it depletes. So Anna was consistent and she saw Jesus and recognized him for who he is because she'd been seeing him every day in her interactions with the Lord and her ministry in the temple and the way that she encountered God's people. We have to make sure that we're cultivating what's on the inside of us and that we're ready when that moment comes. Because yes, you're waiting now. Yes, that gift is on the inside of you now, but one day it is going to come out and you'll do with it whatever you've been doing all this time. We cannot waste a day choosing not to be consistent, choosing not to live a life of faith and in continuity with the Lord. I should, I should wake up every morning meeting with God, encountering God, so on the day where he shows up in the flesh, not only, yes, the Lord will recognize you, but will you recognize him? Not if you haven't been looking. You will miss God just because you haven't been looking at him. But when you know what someone looks like, when you know someone's voice, it's easy. It's easy. You could take them out of a crowd because you've heard that beautiful voice every day telling you, I love you, I've loved you with an everlasting love, don't give up, you've got my spirit inside of you, keep pressing towards the mark, run that race of endurance. When you hear that voice every day, you know it, you recognize it, you see it, even if it's in the face of a baby. And that's what happened with Anna. She knew her Lord. Even though nobody told her that he was coming into the temple, she was able to confirm Stephen's word because she already knew what to look for. She knew what grace looked like. She knew what her savior looked like. She knew what her savior sounded like. We just have to remember in those moments where we think that your promise has been forgotten or forsaken or dismissed, you know what your God looks like. You know what his voice sounds like. You know where to find him. You find him in his word. This morning at 4.30, the Lord reminded me that the Bible is the living word. 
And it says that if every word is God-breathed and approved for righteousness. And at 4.30 this morning, the Lord said, Sydney, you know what else is God-breathed? And I was like, what, Lord? He said, you. Man was made from the dust of the ground and the holy breath of life. You are God-breathed just like the word. God's promise that he put on the inside of you is as alive as you are. This word is as alive as you are. So if you're waiting on something that hasn't come to pass yet, just know that that promise and that gift is just as alive as you are. And it hasn't depleted. The Lord hasn't given up on it. As I close, I'm I'm reminded of a dear friend of mine. She called me, this is about a year ago now, and I hadn't spoken to her in such a long time. She'd just gotten married and moved to Utah to be with her husband. She called me. She said, Sydney, how are you? I miss you so much. And we're screaming. We're excited just to hear each other's voices. You know, you have a friend like that where you can just hear their voice and it's just medicine. And I said, how are you? Tell me everything. What's it like being married? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you want me to move to Utah? And she said, you know, Sydney, I'll, I'll tell you in a minute, but I want to hear about you first. And as soon as she said it, I just knew. I said, Journey, you're pregnant. And she said, yeah. <laughs> and I screamed. I was, I was just so overwhelmed with joy. She had been pregnant for four months by the time she called me. Her pregnancy was difficult. It was, it was very, very dangerous. I will, in this case, use the word traumatic pregnancy. And so she had to wait because she didn't know if things were going to turn out the way that she had been praying they would. She said, Sydney, I've been wanting to tell you so badly, but I just had to hold this in me. I had to expect that the Lord would do good things, but I also had to ponder and ask what he wants me to do. How do I steward this beautiful life that you've put on the inside of me? But my dear friend, she remained consistent. She prayed to the Lord for that baby. And she invited me to pray to the Lord for that baby. And now our teddy bear is his nickname, and he's doing great. He is doing great. Sometimes, my friends, expecting is hard. Hoping is hard. Waiting is hard. Pondering is hard. And when things look a little heartbreaking. You can be invited into inconsistency. You can be invited into hopelessness. That's an attack from the enemy on your gift and on your promise. You need to speak the word over it. You need to make sure that you are staying bolstered up in ways that are meaningful, first of all, to the Lord, and second of all, to you. Find out what it is that gets you close to the heart of God. If that's being in nature for some of you, go do that. If that's singing songs of worship, do that. If that's getting in that prayer closet and really just having a heart-to-heart discussion, do that. But don't give up on your gift. Don't give up on your promise. You have no idea how big it could be. We have to remember that with the Lord, we always get more than we're expecting. Every day with him. We're getting more than we expect. So just hold on to that. And if you're in a season like me, where you feel like everything's coming, but nothing is here, take advantage of it. It's a blessing. Be consistent. 
Be expectant. And when it gets here, just hold it. Hold that precious thing and ponder it until the Lord says, let's go. And you will be abundantly, abundantly blessed. Thank you. Thank you.